Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Peak. This week, we are going to talk about Father's Day. Today's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, to my father, to the dads out there who are stepping up and doing the right thing. And the ones who aren't, uh, this is your notice. Start doing the right thing. There is never a blueprint for how to be a parent. Uh, this is apparently true with everything in life. There's no blueprint on how to raise children. There's no blueprint on how to um, find your life and make decisions and everything else. It's all about choice, right? We all make choices. Uh, somewhere along the way, uh, I was born and I had a father. And, you know, as life happens, uh, my parents didn't stay together. They, uh, they separated. And um, I grew up uh, during that time. I had some contact with my dad, not a, not a ton. Uh, he was on the road a lot. He was an over-the-road truck driver. Um, he went through some time there where he was uh, having a difficult time of things. Uh, due to some, there was a horrific accident that happened, a PTSD event that happened where one of his best friends burned alive in a truck overturned in front of him and dad tried to pull him out and he burned alive, uh, while dad was trying to pull him out. Um, back then there was no, there was no therapy for guys. There was no talk of therapy. There was no PTSD event. There was no, you know, Oh, this must be hard. Let's talk about it. It was just severe and traumatic and life-changing. Um, my dad went through a long period of trying to feel something. Um, he really was sad, really was shocked, really was feeling like he didn't deserve any of the blessings that God had given him. And it wasn't until much later in his life that he and I really connected. Um, we have since created a good bond to one another, a good friendship, a good relationship. And I don't exactly know where things went wrong and I don't exactly know where things went right. Here's the thing is sometimes life just happens. Sometimes you just make decisions and you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Sometimes it turns out and sometimes it doesn't. And I wish there was a better plan. I wish there was a way to say, oh, you guys, this is the thing that works for you. Um, what may work for somebody may not work for everybody. I raised three sons here in this house and not one of them is alike. They're all very different. They're all very challenging in their own different ways. And... Uh, it doesn't take any love I have away from any of them. Uh, although uh, I have said before that the true test of love is loving something unconditionally and also wanting to destroy it. <laughs> God makes uh, your kids teenagers so that at a certain point you don't feel sad when they leave. You're like, oh, you should you should be gone now. You should leave. You should you should live on your own. You should figure this life out on your own. Dude. I think I've done enough uh, that I can do for you right now, but you need to get away from me for a while and figure you out. And I did that when I was a kid. Um, I got to where it was 
time for me to go out and adventure the world. And, uh, you know, I was a young father at 20 years old and had joined the Marine Corps, gotten married. Um, we, uh, lived 3000 miles away from any of our support system and it was not the perfect scenario. It was very hard on everybody, uh, especially my new bride who, you know, left everything and everybody she knew behind because I had orders. Um, and then she had no choice, but to have me as her only person to figure life out with. And at a young 20 years old, it's kind of hard to figure out. Um, you know, the harsh reality is, is when you're 20, you're still a kid and your kids having kids. Oftentimes, uh, that was the case with my mom, 20 years old, having kids. My dad was 21 when I was born and, you don't really know who you are. Your your frontal cortex, we found out, doesn't fully develop until you're 25. So, you know, it's a while before you even figure out who you are. And from 25, I would say that from 25 to 35, you're still figuring out who you are. Because I mean, your brain may be fully developed, but you're still trying to figure out what you're supposed to do in life, what you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to be, um, how to conduct yourself properly. And and that journey never ends, honestly. So all in this learning time phrase, we're all supposed to figure out what's important and what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to react and how we're supposed to take care of our responsibilities while also trying to figure out who we are. And so it's very traumatic on a lot of parents. Uh, it's overwhelming at times. Now, for me, uh, I can only speak from my own personal experience of being a dad um, I felt an overwhelming sense of responsibility. I felt like everything that my child was going to go through, um, if there's going to be something that it was hungry for, I had to provide food for it. If there was something that was a danger, I had to protect it. If there was something that needed to be done, I needed to take care of it. And that left very little time for me and my young bride at the time. And we didn't, we didn't make it. We had two kids. We got divorced while I was in the Marine Corps. It was not an ideal situation. And, you know, shortly after me coming home and getting started on my own, uh, trying to find a place to live and a job after getting out of the Marine Corps, um, I had to figure out also how to be a dad. And, um, meanwhile, uh, my ex was trying to figure out how to be a woman as well and how to figure out her life. And somewhere in the process, um, she left, she found somebody to live with and moved away. And there was a pivotal moment of her asking me, um, do you want me to take the kids or do you want to keep them? <laughs> and I, I'm, I was very, I felt like I was a safer option. I felt like I was a more stable option. Um, I really wanted to embrace being a dad. Uh, I wanted to be there for my kids more than I was ever shown growing up. Um, I had a stepdad growing up who was in the house, but not really present. Um, he was a very selfish person who was all about himself and was sort of destructive in a lot of ways. And I've talked about that from time to time. I'm not going to go into it now, but I was very protective of my brother and my sister growing up to make sure that they were 
in the safest environment they could be in. At times I would just take them with me and escape and, you know, through life of change at times, um, I was able to do more than I probably should have done. Um, but I felt like it was the right move at the time. And I've always, I guess because of that environment, always been protective of those that are close to me. And so maybe that's why I am not as much of a risk taker as some of some of the people that I know. Um, I don't enjoy being out of control. I, I don't know. I, I, I seem to thrive where I can put my feet on the ground and, and operate from within my own little space. Um, and there's a lot that I can do. I mean, in that time you learn to do things, you learn to protect those that are close to you. You learn to provide for those. You learn to make sure you have a clean and healthy environment around and, you can, you know, find ways to try to be entertaining or have entertainment around you or, you know, go out in the community with your group and enjoy what's around. And you know, at the end of the day, when you get home, everything's nice and quiet and safe and protective and, 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 and set, um, you know, being a parent for a while with just, you know, me and the kids, um, it was very stressful. It was a lot of responsibility. Um, I was trying to figure out what to do and how to do it and how to live and how to, how to give them what they need. And I wasn't making much money at the time. I was living in a house that was a two bedroom, one bath, maybe 900 square foot house that was old and falling apart. And, you know, I couldn't afford cable, so we watched uh, whatever we could pick up with rabbit ears. Uh, PBS was a channel that came in pretty clear. Once in a while, CBS or ABC might be on the TV. And that was about it. So to entertain myself, I often had uh, an Xbox, the first Xbox that was out um, whenever the kids weren't awake or my pressing uh, need I would entertain myself by playing video games to just help pass the time and help keep my mind busy, I guess you'd say, um, entertained. And you wouldn't think that would be a big deal, but when you have two kids who are looking at you as, okay, what are we going to do now? So I reached out and I got help from my mom and from my brother and my sister at times and, and other family members at times that would... Um, help us come up with things for the kids to do. We got them involved in Cub Scouts and we got them involved in playing soccer and tennis and football and basketball and whatever they wanted to do. I was like, if you want to do it, let's do it. But listen, I'm going to tell you, if you get started, you got to follow through. Because one of the things that I did learn growing up from my, my, I guess you'd say my stepdad, um, was responsibility. Even though there was a lot of responsibility he didn't follow through with, he did talk about it a lot. And it is one of those things where I realized that once I was a parent that I had to take responsibility and I had to be responsible for all of it. I had to make sure these kids were fed and I had to make sure that they were bathed and I had to make sure they had clean clothes and I had to make sure they had haircuts and 
dentist appointments and, and, and everything. And I tried to make them well-rounded. I tried to get them physically fit. I tried to make sure they could, you know, excel at school. I was constantly with them, teaching them to read and, and challenging their thought processes on not just, not just reading one thing and taking that as the truth, but, but try to read multiple versions and try to have an imagination and try to do all of the things that I thought was going to be important in this world. And, you know, here we are, they're 29, 27 and 26 or 25. Um, I don't know if any of it mattered. I don't know if any of it fell, you know, fell on the wayside. I don't know if any of it helped them develop into the people they are today. I don't know. I just did the best I could. And I don't know that it was enough. Um, I don't know. I don't know if any of us ever get through this life and think that we did the right thing. And I think if you do, um, my intuition is to think that you're full of yourself and you're incorrect. You're lying. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe some people are just better at it. Maybe people, there are some people out there who's like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be great and it's going to fall. I mean, there is the idea of fake it till you make it, you know? And maybe that's what I did for a long time. Maybe I faked it while I made it. Maybe I convinced myself that I was doing all of these things and that it was going to be great. And, you know, at a certain point in the kid's life, their mom moved back to the area and she started getting them regular. And there was a conversation that she had with me when they, when the last one graduated high school. And she said, we did it. We got it through high school. And, uh, and I was like, well, yeah, but honestly, this is the easiest part of their life. And I felt like all we really did was keep them alive to get through it. The hardest part is the next part. And I still believe that. I remember when I was um, going to be a dad for the first time, I had a conversation with somebody who said, yeah, my 20s were, my, were the worst part of my life and I would never want to relive it. And I was like, well, why did you say, why would you say that? I, you know, I was 20 and going to be a dad and was looking forward to going to the Marine Corps and all of the neat and interesting challenges that were going to come my way. I was, I was excited. And, uh, she told me, she said, well, those are the hardest, that was the absolute hardest time of my life. And I got to say, looking back at my twenties, she's probably right. That was probably the hardest time of my life. Um, mainly because again, you don't know who you are. You got a lot of responsibility. Suddenly there's a lot of weight on your shoulders and you got to carry it and you got to go forward and you got to figure it out and you got to help teach others and you got to, you got to make a lot of decisions and it's not easy. And so, you know, I know I started off by saying that my dad had gone through this stuff and they didn't make it and whatever else. And we had a sort of strange relationship for a while and then it got better and, that's going to be the same situation with my kids. My kids are probably going to tell you when they get to be my age. Yeah. Dad did okay in the beginning. And then we grew up and we wanted to get away from him. And, and then, you know, maybe I'll have a relationship with him again. Like I used to, I don't know, maybe not. 
Maybe they'll go off and do their own thing. It's weird. You know, we talk about Father's Day a lot, and most of the people that I work with, when we talk about our fathers, most of them say they don't have a relationship with their father, or they have a very unusual relationship because they don't they don't spend much time with them, or they might know them, but they don't really see them. In the Marine Corps, we would have those conversations, and oftentimes you'd hear people say, yeah, you know, I'm from such and such, but really home is where mom is. And that was kind of a truth. I mean, no matter where you were in the world, home is where your mother was. Because you figure most of these guys in the military are in their 20s and they're out there and they're having an adventure. But in the in the backest part of their minds, they're children. And in their thought process of all these dangerous things in the world, home is where mom is because that's where they see security. I don't know that my kids felt that way growing up. We had a different scenario. Um, they had a different mom. And, you know, not to take anything away from her, um, whether or her also going through the same kind of traumas that I went through, you know, she had the added component of the fact that her dad had died when she was young. And so she didn't have that relationship. And, you know, it was a different dynamic. It was tough for both of us. And I think if we did it over knowing what we know now, we would have made a lot of different decisions, but I don't know if it would have mattered to the kids as they grew up because they're still going to become who they're going to become. I mean, that's just it. There's no guarantee in any of this. <laughs> I know right now, if there's somebody out there who's a young father, he's like, wait, this is not a, this is not the pep talk I was hoping for. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I can tell you that being a dad does bring a lot of new challenges and luckily there's the internet now to help you. So every once in a while, you've got to do something you've never done before, like fix a toilet that's broken. And your first question is, how did you break this part? Um, there is YouTube videos out there to help you figure out how to replace everything inside of the toilet, even the toilet itself. There's videos out there to help you fix things that they screw up along the way. Um, sometimes it's a vehicle that needs to be repaired. Sometimes, uh, it's, uh, it's just an unusual thing that you've seen break. And, you know, the first question is, Hey dad, uh, how do we do this? You know, there's times where even now I'll get into a situation of fixing something and I'll get stuck and I'll call my dad and I'll say, Hey, how would you, uh, how would you approach this? <laughs> Here's some things I've tried and I'm, I'm a little stumped right now and I've looked at videos and nothing's really quite telling me what I need to know. And every once in a while, he's got the answer. And I asked my dad one time, I said, how did you get to, to be so smart in being able to fix these things? And he's like, well, you, once you fix one thing, you at least have the confidence on how to fix that thing. And then you move on to the next thing. And every time you fix something else, after a while you get more patient. So when things break, your first thought is, well, I ain't never fixed this before, but let's give it a shot. And I've kind of entered into that realm. Um, you know, I'm 48 now, so you figure I've fixed quite a few things and uh, I got the hands to prove it. <laughs> you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of fixing things that I had no idea what I was fixing. A lot of building things I had no idea what I was building. And uh, yeah, so... If you're a young dad out there, just know 
that you at least have the internet to help you look up information. Um, nobody gets it right. Everybody tries their hardest or hopefully they do. And, um, you know, kids are resilient. They really are resilient. Sometimes the best thing you can do though, is ask for help. You can just out loud say, I don't know what I'm doing. Does anyone have any suggestions? Sometimes that's the best move. But either way, just know that your decisions matter. Your choices matter. The things you say matter. The way you react matters. Sometimes your reaction matters more than any of the other stuff. And um, I feel like I've had a lifetime of, of biting my tongue and not saying things that I wanted to say. I've also had a whole lot of saying stuff out loud that I immediately regret. But all we can do is try, right? I hear an alarm going off. Oh, now it's off. <laughs> the house is waking up. I decided to get up and do this early. Um, well, I didn't decide. My wife's alarm went off this morning by accident. She didn't realize she'd said it. And, uh, I tried to go back to sleep and I couldn't. So I went ahead and got up, decided to do a podcast. Um, I do want to talk about, this is stuff I heard. I do want to talk about uh, Stranger Things. The see, the final season, the first part of the final season is out on Netflix and it's really fantastic. They put a disclaimer in the beginning saying, we filmed this over a year ago. We decided not to release it uh, because there was a uh, mass shooting at a school and some of the events in the show are similar. So they didn't want to just add more violence and, and stuff like that to a situation where it would be very triggering for a lot of people. And they do put a disclaimer at the front and say, this is going to be similar. And if you have been through this and you don't want to watch it, just not watch it. But the, um, the science fiction element of the show was very good. I really liked the visuals. Um, again, I think that because COVID happened and because a lot of people put their projects on the back burner, it allowed them more time to do visual effects better. Uh, I think that the way computers are working and the way that uh, a lot of people are looking for extra work, uh, there's a lot of extra people that have their hands on making things look really cool visually in shows and this is this is right in that category i think that the um it's a good idea to end the show because the kids are supposed to be you know in high school and they're looking like they're 20 <laughs> so it's it's time to wrap up the show um but it's a really good show uh, i really like the science fiction element of it i like the fact that they're constantly explaining things that uh seem like there's a clear answer and there's not. And again, you know, you have the superhero element with the supervillain element. That's just, um, it's sort of the, the, the underlying element of what you want to talk about with society and with challenges and with solutions. And it's put into a character that you can watch overcome unsurmountable odds because in life, there are things that seem unsurmountable. And we all wish that we could be the hero 
or that we could be able to have the solution that is uh, unattainable by other people. Uh, this season, the main character has lost her superpowers and the rest of the crew is coming together as a group and they feel confident that they can overcome the odds because they've done it before. And it's uh, it's inspiring in a lot of ways. It's also really troubling if you're if you're susceptible to being scared by um, gross things. <laughs> it's pretty. Some of the stuff is pretty graphic. <laughs> but anyway, um, good show. I like it. The next, uh, I guess, the final component of this is supposed to come out in July. So it's kind of interesting. They put it out in two parts and they waited till now to release the first part. I kind of dig it though. You get to watch uh, six good episodes and then wait a month and then you got the final six episodes. So uh, very cool. I'm also enjoying the um, Obi-Wan series. Uh, episode five came out. We got one more episode. I heard the final episode is supposed to be like an hour and 48. I was under the misunderstanding that each episode was supposed to be about an hour and a half, but it turns out they were all around 40 to 50 minutes or so. And then this final one's going to be an hour and 48 is what I hear. That's that's the tally I hear. I don't know if that's going to be true, but it comes out this Wednesday. I'm looking forward to that. I'm also, um, I checked out a couple podcasts. Um, Two Bears, One Cave is really great. Um, again, I'm going to see Burt Kreischer next weekend at Lawrenceville, Georgia. Big, uh, fully loaded comedy festival with over 12 uh, A-list comedians at this festival. It's going to be really cool. Going with uh, Josh Treadaway and Danny Shaw. And um, <clears throat> I also listened to Dan Cummins do a couple podcasts. Uh, time Suck. He uh, <laughs> did his 300th episode about Bass Reeves. He's a, uh, an, a legendary uh, cowboy um, who was a U.S. Marshal for a while and a real, a real badass. Um, but the history books have sort of changed history for a while because he was a, a black cowboy. And apparently there wasn't a lot of history on black people in general for a period of time. Uh, but he's basically the character that they came up with the idea of the Lone Ranger for. Uh, during this podcast that Dan does, it's his 300th, and he he did it um, while taking a quadruple dose of LSD. So he gets into it, and he describes what's going on, and he, he's telling you what he's seeing and how things are changing and moving, and he gets a certain point and has to leave the show and continue the next day. Um, <laughs> during, I think during the first, uh, when he got to 100 uh, podcasts, um, he did something... What was it? He got really drunk, like blackout drunk doing the podcast. And then on his 200th episode was the Shroomed and Doomed podcast. So this one's called, I think it's called something like Trippin' with Bass Reeves. It's really funny. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. it. It kept me awake on my journey where I had to go work out of town. It was nice to listen to while I was driving. So anywho, um, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, to all the fathers out there, happy Father's Day. To my dad, um, thank you. Thank you for not dying. Thank you for um, 
repairing this bridge with me. Uh, to my stepdad growing up, Dave, um, you did teach me a few things, and I'm thankful for that. One of the biggest things you taught me was just be present. Um, even though when you were there, it was very stressful at times, you were there. So thank you. To my stepdad now, Dan, thank you for being consistent and being patient. You've taught me a lot in that category. So thank you. Um, Dan is, I've been, I've been lucky that, that my dad and Dan have shown me what it's like to be someone who is very giving and very honest and very patient. It has taught me a lot. And I hope that I can teach that to my boys, to my kids. So thank you. Um, my kids are out there listening. I love you and um, miss you. So y'all take care. Thanks for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. I am going to be on Matthew Tarleton's podcast, uh, Part-Time Struggle. Uh, should be going over there today, as a matter of fact, and, and recording something. And uh, he's got an idea of what he wants. So we're going to just roll with it and see what happens. Uh, you guys have heard him on this podcast before. It's pretty good. Um, he just got done doing an episode with Kelvin Durant, second episode. And uh, I checked it out. It's pretty awesome. Uh, reach out to us at www.stuffiheard.com or stuffiheardpodcast at gmail.com. All right, review, subscribe, share with your friends. And as always, cue the cow. <laughs>